0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson, he's got it!
1: They're not going to catch him! He's going to go the distance, touchdown! Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson, 92 yards! deflected, and picked up he'll take it in, it's a six, and a touchdown! Bell, into the middle of that line...
0: From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1, and this is the Jets-Dolphins rematch post-game report, and for that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com, and of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley, Chris is stepping in for Matt Stipulkowski, who normally does the post-game report, usually it's Chris doing the pre-game report, and then Matt doing the post-game report, but Matt was up super early today, so he had to get himself some rest. Glad that Chris could step in and bring his very big deal perspective to this victory edition, Chris, a cause for celebration. I know that it doesn't sound like it should be a big deal that a 4-8 team beat a 3-9 team, but when that 4-8 team lost to the 3-9 team the first time and when that 4-8 team didn't have a division victory yet, this is kind of a big deal, especially for Adam Gase, because now he can at least say that he wasn't swept by the team that fired him.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a big deal for Gase to get that win. Uh, don't let Matt fool you, though; he's just tuckered out from all the excitement of such a big <laughs> barn burner uh, of, a, of a football game. It just, you know, it just took drained the energy out of all of us. I don't ever sleep anyway, so I'm uh, already gonna be awake no matter what. But, uh, yeah, it was – you know, it was an interesting game because it seemed like they were in control the entire – for most of the game. And then towards the end, and even with the, you know, the Dolphins moving the ball but having to settle for field goals every time, you could just feel, like, the energy in the stadium. All of us reporters were looking at each other going, they're going to lose this game, aren't they? And you could just feel everybody was waiting for it to happen. And somehow, someway, they were going to end up losing. And then they had that last drive to come back and get the win. Uh, obviously, it's big for Gase not to lose, uh, not just to the Dolphins twice, but they would have been 0-5 in the division with the Bills still to go, po- quite possibly going winless in the division. So they at least got that Um and, but it's it's good for the players. the players were excited they were happy they were feeling good and upbeat afterwards. So it, it it was closer than it needed to be. It really shouldn't have been that close even with all the the injuries that the jets were dealing, with, especially in the secondary and they had to deal with a couple more in the game. but it shouldn't have been that close, but it was that close, but they won. so that that's where we are.
0: Chris, before we continue, I should say that we were both at the stadium, so we weren't able to hear the commentary on television, but I was told by several people, including Michael Nania, that Jay Feely was as bad as it gets. In fact, I believe he said, this guy is a complete dope, which is saying something because there are a lot of really bad color commentators, but apparently... Among other things, Jay Feely was waxing poetic about how good James Burgess is because he's gotten some tackles, which is a pet peeve of mine because I hate people that judge how good a linebacker is based on the number of tackles. But it's also a pet peeve of mine to see a color commentator who hasn't even attempted to do any homework. And if you're going to sit there and say that James Burgess has been good this season, then you clearly have done no homework.
1: Yeah. The, the comment I saw, I saw the same criticisms, the same complaints was all over the timeline. The comment that I saw repeated a lot that really stuck out to me was about how Sam Darnold could really learn a thing or two from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, That, that I, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the wrong person for Sam to be looking at and learning from. Um, I'm not saying there's not some things that that at, at, his age, Ryan Fitzpatrick, understands and knows better than Darnold. But the what you're trying to get out of Darnold, to coach out of him, to is a lot of what makes Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that is definitely not somebody I, I would encourage Sam to be watching and learning and emulating.
0: Ryan Fitzpatrick had himself an interesting day, and we're going to get back to him. But first, let's talk about the Jets quarterback, Sam Darnold. This was a very uneven performance. I thought he left a lot of throws out there. There were a lot of throws that he could have made that he either didn't see or just chose not to make. He went for the home run far too often when he could have checked down or he could have thrown intermediate throws. He also had a couple of throws where he was lucky to not get intercepted. He did have that one interception, too, where he was looking for Vincent Smith. From the stands, I couldn't tell exactly who was responsible. And it's hard to tell until you go back and watch the tape and get a better idea of what the route was and what they were trying to do. He did have some good throws. There were a couple to Robbie Anderson specifically. He wasn't helped by Demarius Thomas dropping passes, but this felt like a step backwards even from last week. I know some people thought last week was a step backwards. I didn't necessarily think so. It wasn't as good as the previous three weeks, but he was still pretty good against the Bengals. He just didn't get a whole lot of help. This week I thought there was a lot more bad than there had been in the last four weeks. Need to see a little bit more consistency. Want to see more games like the previous four. This one, like I said, could have been more turnovers than there were. And certainly he's got to start making more use of safer plays. The joke was two weeks ago when he threw that pass into double coverage that was completed for a 31-yard first down to Robbie Anderson instead of running straight ahead for what would have been an easy 10 to 15 yards in a first down. Glad that he was able to make it work out, but more often than not, that's going to be the wrong decision, and we saw a little bit more of that today because he wasn't able to cash in the way that he had on that one play a couple of weeks ago for the 31-yard gain. That's going to be something that Sam Darnold has to work on. You don't want him to stray away from taking chances, but he's also got to have a better understanding of, of when not to try to make a play and when to just take what's in front of him. Not saying he needs to be Alex Smith, but he definitely needs to be better about recognizing what's there and he needs to be better about the intermediate passes and even the checkdowns that continues to be a bit of a weakness and we saw it clear as day today against the Dolphins. I
1: thought he played great in the first half. And the the numbers will tell you this because he was in the first half he was 10 for 16, 141 yards two touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 130.5. Um, 10 for 16 for 141 yards doesn't sound like super great, but then you also factor in that there was three drops uh, there too. Um, yeah, I thought he looked great in the first half. Uh, the second half, things really unraveled and fell apart. Uh, the interception from my vantage point, what I saw, uh, he he didn't – fully step into it. He got his feet planted, but he didn't like lean and, and, and step into it. Uh, but the bigger problem for me was that he, he was just uh, a touch late. Uh, if he had released the ball half a second earlier, I think he would have been fine. Uh, Gase was asked about it afterwards. And he said, uh, Gase, uh, to Gase's credit, he put the ownership on himself. He said it was his fault because it was a bad play call. And uh, he said it was a bad play for what the – they ran, um, and he didn't have – Sam didn't have good options. He said he wished he would have thrown it away, but he was was trying to make a play. Um, so that's that's what happened there. Um, but, yeah, the, it, the offense just kind of fell apart because the running game was really good in the first half too, and then the running game completely fell apart. Um, yeah, so like I said, he was 10 of 16 in the first half, with three of those incompletions being dropped, um, he ended up the game with twenty of thirty-six for two seventy with an eighty-six point six quarterback rating. So that lets you know how bad that uh, second half w- was because he had a hundred and thirty quarterback rating to eighty-six point six. The the running game completely stopped being effective in the second half. Uh, And again, they won the game, but the offense, it's so frustrating. That three-game winning streak, you could really see uh, the difference that the offense was – why it was working so well because of what they were doing with Darnold. They were getting him on the move. They were rolling him out more. They were playing to his strengths. And the last week and this week, a gase seems determined to keep him in the pocket to make him make plays from the pocket. He's trying to run the same offense he ran with Peyton Manning, but it's not, it's it, Sam Darnold's not Peyton Manning. He's, he's never, he's not going to be that good eventually, but they're different styles. Like you have to coach them differently. Uh, so there was a lot of frustration there. And again, those early drops really killed them too, because, uh, Demaryius Thomas had two of them. Crowder had one of them. They could have probably had this game put away in the first half if those drops didn't happen. The injury to Ryan Griffin obviously hurt because we've seen how big he's been for Darnold over these last few weeks. Uh, But I still – the offensive line is still a problem. uh, And the play calling is just – it's baffling. It's head-scratching. It just doesn't make much sense.
0: I actually thought the offensive line played fairly well, especially in pass protection today. And I do think that Darnold played a lot better in the first half, and that's part of what I meant by an uneven performance, because he played pretty well in the first half, and then in the second half, there were a lot of the head-scratching plays. Also, I thought it was interesting that Gase ran the ball so much early on. It really felt like he was trying to send a message, sort of something along the lines of, Le'Veon Bell we don't need you sort of setting up the whole excuse that they're probably going to use when they trade him in the off season.
1: Yeah, I I do agree with you about the offensive line first that they look pretty decent today, but you also factor in that uh the Dolphins and they don't exactly have uh, you know, some ferocious pass rush to worry about there anymore. Uh, Cameron Wake is gone, so um, but yeah, I agree with you 100% about the running game and about it seemed like he was trying to prove a point about Bell. Uh, I tweeted that somebody asked me a question about it during the game, and I was just like, yeah, it, it feels like he's trying to prove it that they don't need him. Um, but we've talked about this before. And the way that this offense runs, the way that this offensive line, because there's still. Or as bad as they are in pass protection, they are just as bad, if not worse, in run blocking, too. Uh, they just cannot hold their blocks for long. And Blau Pal is better suited because of his style. So they were able to, even as you can tell, that Gates was kind of forcing it at times, um, they were still successful with it in the first half. They were not successful with it at all in the second half. Um, and, yeah, it was just the play calling all around. Again, it's just head scratching. I just don't understand it.
0: That was another thing I was going to bring up, Chris. This is a typical Adam Gase performance. As long as things are going according to script, everything's fine. As soon as they don't go according to script anymore, then everything falls apart, and we saw that happen in the second half. Now, to Donald's credit, at the very end, when it looked like things were bleak, he did step up twice. He led two drives that resulted in points, field goals both times, The Dolphins were able to come back and get One again and take the lead again And then the Jets took it for good at the very end Of the game but that said You want to see them punch the ball into The end zone because if they had done That then they wouldn't have had to worry about coming Back a second time but to Darnold's credit he was able to Lead the Jets down the field and Get that game winning field goal With the game on the line and I think that that's Important even though he didn't have That great of a game overall the fact That he was able to lead that comeback at the end and certainly is something that was needed for his development and specifically against a division rival even if the dolphins aren't that good just being able to overcome that hurdle was nice to see
1: yeah again you hear about this all the time winning is contagious losing is contagious uh when players win they get used to winning and they want to win more when players lose they get down they get used it happens and you know sometimes you can shake through shake it off but sometimes you can't, and when you have enough people uh, that are around losing all the time, it can kind of seep into your, their mindset. So it's always good to get that win, a uh, win like that. Um, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. As bad as that second half went, uh, Sam went, and they let him right down the field. It was uh, a little perplexing that they were so after that uh, pass interference call that they seemed to just – be all right, cool. We're just gonna kick a field goal here. I mean, forty-three yard field goal. I I would have liked to try to get a little bit closer. Also, uh, it, we shouldn't forget about the the fourth down call in the third quarter when they could have just kicked a field goal. But I like the decision to go for it on fourth. But the run up the middle when uh, against a stacked box with two middle linebackers that were clearly showing that they were going to blitz in the middle and they just ran it right at them. That didn't seem to make much sense. And I gave Gase credit before, but he was asked about it afterwards. And he said, uh, he thought we had a good call. Uh, I I pointed this out and made a joke about it on Twitter because I know the numbers do say, say in third and short and fourth and short, that's when you want to run the ball. But, and from my just anecdotal evidence of me watching football, not just Jets, college football, NFL football, nine out of ten times, the fourth and short run play doesn't work. So I, I don't know. I must be missing – I just must have the luck to just watch all the ones that don't work and miss all the ones that do. But it seems that it doesn't work a lot. But I don't even have the problem so much with running it on that play but running it right in the middle when it was very clearly set up for them to defend that didn't make the most sense um but again they got the win the the players can feed off this build off it um you know we talk about and we're gonna people will dismiss this win and understandably so i will dismiss it as well um because it is just the dolphins uh but the players aren't going to. A win's a win to them. They're going to feel good about this. Uh, they're going to look now, unfortunately for them, they got not only do they have a short week, but they have to go on the road and play probably the best team in the NFL at this point. So that, they're probably going to get a nice uh, smack down to reality, a little bit of humbling in a, just a couple of days. But it's still good for them to get this, get these wins and get this feeling and you know, build some confidence and it's great for Sam that he can have such an up and down game and then come into the uh, the last drive and just say, all right, let's do this and go in and lead them to the, the game winning field goal. That's that's huge for Sam's confidence.
0: They definitely were helped by a DPI that got called on replay They had reviewed it to make sure that it was a defensive pass interference when it hadn't been called initially, and they gave it to the Jets with 42 seconds left, which put the Jets back in field goal range after Chris Darnold had gotten sacked to take them out of field goal range. So again, it's good that he led that drive, but he's got to have better field awareness there. You cannot take a sack and let the team get taken out of field goal range in a spot like that. Thankfully, they got that penalty call. That was good. The call that you were talking about with Gase on the fourth and one, that was definitely questionable. I didn't hate going for it on fourth down. I understand it. Show a little guts. You can trust your offense to get you that one yard. But the play call was really iffy. And the fact that they didn't get it almost cost them the game. But as we said, in the end, they were able to get that last field goal to get the win. I want to talk a little bit about the defense, Chris. This was the very definition of Ben, but don't break. Because they tried eight field goals, seven of them in the red zone. They made seven field goals, zero times were they allowed into the end zone. I thought it was alarming that the Jets were letting the Dolphins go up and down the field that much, but it was good that they tightened up and didn't let them in the end zone. I thought the defensive line largely played very, very well. Nathan Shepard was good, Foley Fadakasi, certainly Steve McClendon, and Quinnen Williams was an absolute monster before he ended up getting injured, and we'll talk about the injury a little bit later when we go inside the locker room. I thought that Blessing Austin played pretty well. He wasn't as good as he had been the previous couple of weeks, but he covered reasonably well other than that one penalty that was a little bit questionable on the pass interference. And I also thought that he tackled pretty well. Another rough game for Marcus May, who's really been struggling The inside linebackers, once again, being the third stringers that they actually are, they did not play very well. Nate Hairston had an interception, but he had some bad moments in there too, including a terrible missed tackle. So overall, the strength of this defense continued to be the defensive line. And while they let the Dolphins do way too much on offense in terms of going up and down the field, they did tighten up and keep them out of the end zone, which in the end turned out to be just good enough to get the job done. Again, you have to tip your cap to Greg Williams because, as I said, even though the Dolphins seem to go up and down the field at will, considering all the injuries he had going into this game and then to also lose Quinn and Williams on top of it, for him to be able to come out of this thing without surrendering any touchdowns, even to this bad Dolphins team, is a pretty solid achievement.
1: Yeah, well, and let's look at the numbers here, too, because this it's interesting. Uh, Fitzpatrick was 21 of 37 for 245 yards a 65 quarterback rating. Um the the running backs for the for the Dolphins were, you know, now they have Patrick Laird as their running back. Uh he had 15 carries for 48 yards. Uh Gaskins had 4 for 5 yards, but Fitzpatrick had eight rushes for 65 yards. And really if, when I go back and I watch the tape tomorrow, I'm, I feel like uh, at least three or four of those field goals are going to be s- uh, solely because of Ryan Fitzpatrick scrambles that got them into field goal range. Um, but like you said, the, it, it was a bend, but don't break. But if, if, you, ta- if you take those runs away, uh, which obviously uh, that's not what you can do, the defense held up really well. Now, again, it's the Dolphins and Devontae Parker went out with an injury early enough in the game um so it wasn't the most daunting task but they had so many injuries of their own uh that it it was still a fairly impressive performance for them to be able to uh the Dolphins be able to get into the red zone that many times and not get a single touchdown uh because uh, just that's all it would have taken just one of those field goals if they could have just Uh, gone six for seven on field goals and gotten one of them for a touchdown they would have ended up winning the game so uh you know it the Dolphins again so you can only be so impressed but you can only play who who you play who's on the schedule and that's who it was and they did a, a fairly good job today
0: should note that while Devontae Parker went out, the Jets did have a lot of trouble with Isaiah Ford, which was surprising. I wasn't expecting that. But as you said, Chris, when it all came down to it, the Jets were able to get the job done, and they were able to keep the Dolphins from getting into the end zone, and so they were able to pick up the win. It was a very messy performance. There were a lot of head scratchers all the way around. And there were many times when it just looked like this was going to be a repeat of week one against the Bills where the Jets had the opportunity to pull away a bunch of times and just never did it. The same thing happened here with the Dolphins, but unlike the Bills game, the Jets were able to come back in the end and get that field goal when they needed it. So a big 22-21 to win here for the Jets who move to 5-8. and eight. Chris, one other thing I wanted to bring up here, by the way, the penalties, there were a lot fewer penalties this week. That's definitely a good sign.
1: Yeah, it was a good sign. Now, they still had some, uh, you know, they had uh, quit and had that unfortunate face mask at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sometimes happens when you get in the backfield that early. And he, he got in there a little too quick, and they, he reached up to get him, got the face mask. Uh, there was the other uh, roughing the passer penalty, I believe it was on Sher- Uh So there was, there was a couple of... Uh, Timely ones that that weren't great, but they only had five of them, which is a huge improvement. So that that's that's much much better, uh, especially than they did. They didn't have any uh, problems on kick returns. Uh, every time Ty Montgomery took it out, I was like, "Don't do it. Just take a knee." I keep telling you guys, take a knee. But they didn't get any block in the backs. They didn't get any holding calls there. So they didn't. Re- they really didn't beat themselves and kill themselves like that. And even the Sam Darnold interception didn't call, didn't hurt end up hurting them at all because that's the one field goal that the Dolphins kicker missed. So that while they should have put this game away, they had ample opportunity to put the game away. Uh, the Dolphins didn't capitalize, and the Jets didn't let them capitalize when it came down to it. And they they you know stopped themselves from being able to run away with the game, but they didn't completely beat themselves. And again. This team does not have a lot of talent, Uh, at least on offense. They're not uh, exactly the best coach team. Um, So for them to be able to put in a performance like this, even against the Dolphins, is is a good thing.
0: Should note also, I was glad to see that they were using Ty Montgomery a little bit today, although, Chris, I did think of the conversation that we had about special teams in the pregame report mailbag because once again, we saw these guys trying to run out of the end zone and ended up getting tackled before the 25-yard line. It just reinforces what you were saying. There's far more of a chance that you're going to mess something up than that you're going to break a big run, unless you're a special returner like a Leon Washington or Justin Miller or somebody like that. It's probably best that you think about taking a knee in the end zone and just taking the ball at the 25-yard line. There's also the possibility on punts, obviously, and we saw one today where somebody dropped a punt on the Dolphins, but it easily could have been on the Jets. A muff punt happens all the time. So I was thinking about that as I was watching special teams, Chris. Perhaps that's something that Brant Boyer should think about the rest of the way, just telling these guys to take a knee in the end zone and fair catch it a little bit more when it comes to punts.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I will die on this hill. And again, like, if you go through the the whole game playing it like that and then, you know, the Dolphins kick that field goal at the end to take the lead and you want to go ahead and take a shot and try to run it out on that last kickoff, all right, go for that, sure. And those types of moments, go ahead and try to hit the home run. It's just the chances of hitting a home run and breaking a big play, uh, especially with these returners that they have, It's they're not – Going to do it very often. The percentages are so low and the percentages are so high for them to get a block in the back and back them up and put them in bad spots. The offense in a bad spot. It just doesn't seem worth it to me. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. Plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play
0: like a jet. Play like a jet. Chris, let's go inside the locker room now, and we'll start with Adam Gase. What did the coach have to say?
1: Well, like I I said before, he talked about... um, he I give him a little credit. He did put that interception, at least shared blame with uh Darnold. He was, you uh, talked about the defense, uh, how impressed he was with them not uh, allowing a uh, touchdown in the red zone. He, he voiced his support and his confidence in Sam Ficken. He, 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 why was his confidence so high in uh. In <laughs> Sam Pickett because he's our kicker. I don't know if he's our kicker. I expect him to make it. I respect <laughs> it. I, I like that answer. It's it's not very informative, but that's, that's all you need to say. Really? Uh, there was also a lot of talk about, uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, about him having the flu when they knew he was going, uh, not going to be able to play. Le'Veon wasn't allowed to be with the team today or warm up walkthroughs or anything because, uh, Because of the flu, they didn't want him getting anybody sick. Um, And then he talked about Robbie Anderson, about uh, how he's been playing recently. And Robbie had a great game. Uh, You know, he's uh, these last stretch of games, he's the only one out there getting open. He's the only one making plays and doing work. Uh, He he has had a a really good stretch here. Uh, If this line can protect better and give them more time, Sam and Robbie can can really do a lot of damage, especially if you can get a C.D. Lamb or a, a Jerry Judy in the draft, or just not even one of those guys. You can find another guy in the second or third and uh, really help them out. Uh, but yeah, Gase's quote was he's been super aggressive with the ball, not waiting on it, going to get it. Uh, in a couple of those drives where we didn't get it going, they're playing a ton the man. And he could hear uh, Robbie saying, you've got to get me the ball here pretty soon. Uh, Rob, Robbie's starting to speak out a little bit more. Uh, you know, he's he's been great uh, in the locker room. He's been playing his role. He handled everything with the trade rumors great. And but uh, he, he's speaking up saying, you got to get me involved. And they got him involved. And there's no way they win this game without Robbie Anderson.
0: Nice to see Robbie stepping up, although it's weird as Robbie Anderson has played better. It seems like Jamison Crowder has become much less of a factor in the offense. Yeah, it's
1: uh, kind of, it's really weird. I mean, I know he had that one drop, um, but he's just not getting targeted. Uh, and it's, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to, when I rewatch tomorrow, I'm going to have to look closely, see how covered he was and, um, is it is it to do with the play calling is it just plays that are called for him just aren't working i don't know i'm gonna have to dive into this but it is super weird especially because of the type of receiver Crowder is he's he's not the type of receiver that you ever expect to get a low amount of uh completions uh he might not get a whole lot of yards with them they he might get eight catches for like you know six yards a catch and he might not be able to break one. During that game, but for him to not get a whole, a whole bunch of targets and and catches, it it just seems weird. It doesn't make much sense. I'm gonna have to pay close attention when I go through and and watch the tape tomorrow. Did Gase say anything about the injuries? Yeah, uh, uh, not much. He's Ryan Griffin had an ankle injury. Quinton Williams a neck. They you know they said it's a burner. Which by the way got to ask the doctor guy. I, I don't know. When did we start calling stingers burners? Because I've been hearing this a lot over the past couple weeks to a month. They changed it to burners. It used to be a stinger. I don't know what's going on here. Um, Kyron Brown went out with a quad and then Bilal Pal went out with an ankle. Uh, Gay said if the game would have been any longer, he's not sure if Bilal would have come back in. Uh, but that's really all he had for us on the injuries. We'll get more of him, more information from him tomorrow. Uh, on the conference call
0: I will definitely ask Dr. Stoller On next week's injury report All about when we decided To start calling Stingers burners Because now I'm interested to hear About that as well Did you get a chance to talk to any of the players In the locker room after the game, Chris? Uh, yeah, I got to talk to, uh, talk to uh,
1: Sam, of course Sam was excited, happy uh, Well, actually we talked to two Sams Because we talked to Sam Thicken. Uh, and Sam Darnold uh, Sam, Sam Thicken was very pleased with himself But, you know, of course You don't expect him to give any any, any Huge juicy quotes um, Sam was kind of hard him on himself uh, Or I'm sorry, now I'm talking about the quarterback, Sam Sam Darnold was kind of hard on himself For the second half But he was proud of the way that they rallied back On that last drive um, And he was He was very, very uh, happy with Robbie Anderson just talking about how he's been awesome the whole season uh so he he talked a little bit Robbie came out Robbie had Robbie had a nice nice big shiny uh, chain after the game it's feeling really good um Marcus may talked uh, the the locker room uh, cleared out pretty cl- quickly today though um so we, we got a bunch of good stuff uh but you know not nothing too crazy from from the quotes that uh, to jump at but and like i said they they cleared out pretty quickly today
0: cleared out because they were so happy and just wanted to get home to share the great news with their loved ones of their big victory at metlife stadium 22 to 21 over the miami dolphins avoiding the embarrassment of a sweep against a division rival a division rival that was expected to be the worst team in the league this year in fact Everybody said that they were tanking, although I guess nobody told the Miami Dolphins players and coaches. I got to say, Chris, by the way, even though this is a Jets podcast, Gotta tip my cap to Brian Flores. I was really impressed with him. I've been impressed with him all season. Those players play hard for him. They're trying hard to find guys to make contributions. Like I said, you saw Isaiah Ford today, who played very well. He has been back and forth between the practice squad and getting cut. Finally elevated to the active roster on November 27th, and he stepped in big for Devontae Parker, who went out early with an injury. So they're really trying, and they look to be on the verge of building something they've got a lot of draft picks if some of these younger Players can continue to play well and Flores can continue to get that message through if they add Some good players through free agency in the draft the Dolphins certainly seem to be heading in the Right direction
1: yeah I've been really impressed with Flores all season um I I like the hire when They made it uh I, I started to have my concerns in training camp when he was pulling that, that stunt uh, with Kenny Stills and that whole weirdness seemed to happen. And then it's, it's not his fault that they you know decided to trade away uh, Larry Tunsell and Stills and, uh, and Minka Fitzpatrick. But you, you had to wonder if he was going to be able to hold that team together. But he has. He's been very impressive. Um, he's got them playing much better than anybody thought and much better than the the Dolphins' front office wishes that they did uh, because they are not going to be getting Joe Burrow now. That seems to be Cincinnati uh, having that locked up. So they didn't quite do the tank right, but it seems like they got themselves a hell of a coach.
0: That's something that I think Miami is relieved to be able to say right now. They think they've got their guy. A lot of Jets fans don't think that this team has their guy. Adam Gase is going to get the end of this season and all of next season to prove people wrong. If he really wants to turn some heads, though, Chris, if this team has a strong showing Thursday against Baltimore in front of the country on national television on Thursday Night Football... Arguably Baltimore the best team in the league right now Lamar Jackson probably the best player in the league That would go a long way towards making Jets fans reconsider their feelings on Adam Gase And by the way if you want to go to that game And get yourself some really good tickets for a reasonable price Go ahead over to the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you download it right now, use the promo code OVERTIME. You'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. You can go to that Jets-Ravens game on Thursday in Baltimore. Or you can do something else. Go to a concert. Go to a basketball game. Go to a hockey game. Whatever it is you want to do, that code will work for you no matter what. When you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME, you'll get yourself up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. Chris... Thanks so much for joining me for this post-game report. Really appreciate it. It is always much nicer to talk about this team when they win, and it is especially nice to do a post-game report when they win because that way you go into the show happy and the mood carries over. And I would like to think, Chris, that we were joyful today in this post-game report.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's it's funny because obviously you're a fan, so you care, care more. I don't care wins or losses. But I do enjoy the wins much more, no matter how they come. Like the win against uh, the Raiders, obviously that's much more enjoyable. That was uh, watching them just dismantle a team. Uh, But leaving the locker room, it's all about the locker room for me. When when I go in that locker room when it's a loss, man, it's a miserable place. And I just can't wait to get out of there. And the misery kind of sticks to me. And I leave like feeling like man, this this is this was not good. This is not fun. Um, and then after a win, and after the more jovial, more energetic, upbeat locker room, I'm I'm pumping my music a little louder on the way home. It, it just rubs off on me. So uh, I'll get. Let me give a, a quick little early preview of the game. Remember what I told you before about Ryan Fitzpatrick, eight carries for sixty-five or for sixty-five yards, eight yards a carry. Yeah, they're going to have to do better than that uh, on Thursday night against Lamar Jackson.
0: (laughs) That should go without saying. And, Chris... I know you're not a fan, but still, I know you are a fan of covering good football. So whenever the team you're covering plays well, you are happy as a football fan and somebody who covers the sport. So hopefully they at least give you something worth smiling about on Thursday against the Baltimore Ravens. going to be a tough test because it's on the road against arguably the best team in the NFL, but we will talk about that later in the week. In the meantime, plenty of stuff for you to check out over at com, Chris, why don't you go ahead and let us know what people have in store for them when they log on over there?
1: Yeah, I got my, the game article up right now. uh And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to watch the game. Like I said, and I'll post a, a game balls article, give out game balls for the players who, who played the best during the game. I'll have some more stuff going through in the week. Probably going to. I get my article during this week up about uh, players that they need to, uh, to re-sign and ex- or try to extend in the offseason. And then we'll have, we'll have a bunch more gearing up. Se- season's closing down, man. It- it's crazy how it's almost over. It does, does not seem like that long ago I was sitting there in training camp with, just ready for that to be over. But now all of a sudden the season's almost over. So we're going to start – Kicking it into high gear on this offseason, uh, all the offseason content real soon. And then uh, tomorrow, uh, Michael Nania will also have his stats update package article for us, too, as well. So there will be plenty of plenty of new stuff up at Jets Insider for you guys.
0: Go ahead and follow Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com, where you can also read the work of Michael Nania And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.